0: Boss Lady, what are you doing to make a difference right now? I'm Andrea Gigline.
1: And I'm Christy Atwater. And Hey Boss Lady is our podcast about women leaders making change.
0: Our guest today started her business at age 62 and is still going strong 25 years later. In fact, she says 2020 will be her biggest year yet. In a minute, we'll meet Rita Glosser, owner and founder of Reminky Memory Bears. But first, Christy, Can you imagine you're 62 years old, you decide to start a business, and you have no idea how to do it,
1: don't have a business plan, you don't know how to market, you don't know how to do any of those kind of things. I can't. There's a whole lot involved and a whole lot of things that can go wrong. And those things are intimidating and definitely hold back dreams.
0: Let me tell you, when I first heard about Rita and how, you know, she had started this business at 62, it did bring me back to when I started one at 25 and all of the insecurities and how, you know, how I had to make a plan and how I had to do something financial, make a financial plan. And I was like, I was remembering how scared I was then. I can't imagine having accumulated all of life experiences, many of which, you know, have bitten you in the tail, especially in business, to then say, I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah, I too remember back when I went from head of internal audit to head of customer service at Alamo and National Car Rental. And I was only 30 years old. And I was petrified, but I just went forward. (laughs) Yes. And now I find, you know, it's even harder to do new things. Yeah. Um yeah. because of my experience. I have to yeah. I have the same hurdles. I agree. And that's why Rita is so special. So let
0: us welcome Rita Glosser. Reader, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Uh what a what a great experience
2: to be able to talk to so many women, exciting women and talk about uh, starting a business at age 62 and hopefully ins- inspiring many
0: women to do the same thing no matter what their age. Well, well uh, I am the beneficiary of, of one of your incredible products. So I want you to tell us, how did that all start? Okay, let me start at the beginning, if I may. Uh,
2: I'm from Pittsburgh, by the way. Steelers are 11-0, and 0, we might mention <laughs> that. <in this laughs> and um, I married very young. I married... At age 21, uh, my husband had been in Korea, and he came back, and we got married shortly thereafter. And we moved to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is 75 hard miles, mountainous miles east of Pittsburgh. And I did various things when I was first married, and I, I just want to make this point. One's life experiences in the volunteer sector Raising, a ch- raising children and yes. a family mm-hmm. can prepare you for many things, yes. and one of them for the business that I started. Um, anyway, I, I raised four children and worked in the volunteer sector. I was uh, involved in United Fund. I was involved in uh, the symphony, the Johnstown Symphony, and even st- served on a state committee. And uh, as I raised the children, I also worked a little bit. I taught nursery school for one year, and then I was privileged to host a television show called Focus on Women. Now, all of these things add up to listening and learning through life, and I think that would be my one of my key things that I'm going to talk about all the way. All right, Rita, you have yeah, to yeah. step
1: back and yep. go back to your show, yes. because when was that show Well, the show was in the late 70s through the 80s, and it was called
2: Focus on Women. And truly, I hosted it and produced it. It was on an NBC affiliate in Johnstown, PA. And, excuse me, I interviewed people from How Do Women Take Care of Laundry, and I had a friend that had seven children, and we did an interview with her on How Do You Raise Seven Children. I interviewed my mother on How to Make Chopped Liver, and people (laughs) said, But it was varied. But I learned as much from it about women that one can learn at that era. And that was a time when really we were coming into our own. The women had worked for many years as secretaries and teachers, but it was a different career path that was being opened to us in those years. And I feel I impacted and
0: helped it along in Johnstown. Yes, you did. That's that. that I can say that you've added a new piece of information to what I know about you. Now take us to Reminky. How did you get this one started? Because it is so interesting that during this year of enormous change, the number of women, men, and others who are reassessing their lives and what they want to do going forward. And here you were 25 years ago, stepping into it big time.
2: Well, I, you know, thank you. I, I appreciate the compliment. But when I started the business, I had no idea what direction it was going to go in. and And again, I make the point. I think you have to listen and I think you have to be flexible and kind of see where you're going to go. i I, I had a mink stole that was my mother's, and of course, it hung in the hung in the closet, and I didn't know what to do with it, and my daughter certainly didn't want it. And I thought, there must be many women like me that have mink stools hanging in their closet. And wouldn't it be nice to make a bear for my first grandchild? That was happening around that time. So I had been in touch with a woman who was a quilter, a very gifted sewer. And we got together and we devised a pattern together, she doing the actual work, with my ideas coming into it. And she made a bear out of, from my mother's stole, which I have to this day, and that was my first bear. And as I say, when I moved to Florida then, I decided that I was going to figure out how to interest other women that had stoles in Florida to maybe think about making teddy bears. Um, I began by uh, doing some shows. I did some shows in in Naples. Well, actually, let me backtrack a minute. The first thing I did was how to learn how to make teddy bears. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a sewer, but I went here to a wonderful little sewing shop that unfortunately is not in business anymore. And the woman, the owner there, was very patient with me, and I learned how to make the bears. The bears are constructed with nuts and bolts so their arms and legs move. Uh, faces can be done. And I, I, we produced a few bears. And then I did a show in Naples, Florida. They had a teddy bear museum. And, again, I was next to a woman who was truly a teddy bear artist, and she came over to me and said, oh, your bears are very nice, but can I help you in a way? Would you mind if I showed you a better way to insert the eyes? And I tell this story because I said, no, I would love it. And I I spoke to her, and after I did go to her place, she lived north of Tampa, close to me in Sarasota. I said, why would you help me? I'm really competing with you in a way. And she looked at me, and she said, you know, I have a gift. And if I can't share it with people, what good is life? And it has stuck with me all the way, and I feel very much feel very strengthened by her. And we proceeded to make bears. Actually, one of my sewers flew down and we took a workshop with her. And she really helped me
1: refine the making of my bears. I have to tell you, your business, it just makes me smile. But what I want to know is what advice do you have for women thinking about, the question is a career later in life, but how about just a career change, no matter where they are in life? This is the
2: year
0: of change, for sure.
2: Well, You've got to be able to say, I'm going to take the first step, because the f- I had no idea where this was going to lead me. I mean, if you told me 25 years ago that we would be making bears from fabric, bears from neckties, which I'll go into later, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, my vision was very small at that time, but you have to take the step to be on a journey, and you have to have some luck, too. I mean, meeting this woman was lucky, um, a friend of mine taught, helped me where to advertise. That was a lucky thing, and but you have to get out there. You have to get your feet wet. That that's the thing I think I would say most that you have to be willing to listen and you have to be willing to learn as you go.
1: Yeah, and I think taking the first step, right? That's why luck finds you. Yeah, yeah. is moving oh, I forward. I sure
0: agree with that. You know, and I think that that's one of the aspects at any age. People say that, you know, if they had known what they were getting into, they would never do it. And the real advice is the one that you've just given us. Take the step. Trust the rest is going to work out. And if it didn't, guess what? You learn from that experience and you move on. And that, so tell us about some of your experiences in this business. What has been some of the highlights? And then give us a low light. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I think when I first started, uh,
2: some someone saw my bears in Texas. A woman had a bear made, and coincidentally, she was quite high up in one of the airlines, Southwest Airlines at the time, and she loved our baby bears, and so she ordered them three consecutive years from me, a hundred of them, which we worked oh. diligently to make. First, very dark fur, then light fur, and then one-year bunnies even we made, little baby bears <laughs> wow. that sit in the palm of your hand. And that was, you know, to her. Uh, I tried retail a little bit. And, um, again, I, I, I had some bears in a store. We we made a patchwork there from some of the scraps that I mm-hmm. have of fur. So, it, and I thought it was so clever. And we tried to retail them. I even patented it. But or copyrighted, as the case may be. But that didn't work out, and to retail was very difficult because I wanted to pay my sewers well. They, I'm a cottage industry, and my, the women that work with me work in their own homes, um, and you know they could have have the luxury of staying at home and raising children, but have income. And one of them told me that's one of the ways her her children got through Penn State was by working wow. with I. You know that it was enough income to do. Um, Again, I kind of want to make the point. I guess it depends upon if the goal has to be really to make a lot of money. Um, I I didn't know how much money I I would make. I didn't know from a business plan. I had children that went to Wharton, and you know when I started, they kind of said, "What are you doing?" You know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But again, there was no business plan out there, and. Maybe you're better off. I mean, I think you're better off to have some goal of how much money you have to make. But I didn't have that. My 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 business kind of evolved, and I was fortunate that I didn't have to eat from my business. But
0: that helped me yeah.
2: in many ways.
0: Well, you know, that's one of the conversations that we have all the time in my line of work. You know, do you choose passion or a paycheck? And where I come out on it professionally and in life, and you've just lived it, if you Find yourself inspired by what you're doing. And when you listen to the story that you've told us, how it rolled, how it fed your conversation with someone who was willing to help, the, the same exact thing you had the nature of doing, how you cared about the way you pay the people that work for you, how the evolution of the business, that's actually your values, your passions coming to the surface and leading you into a business Then, in fact can be profitable. So it's pretty, you know, it is so inspiring to me from the moment that I that I got to meet you, uh, and it was te- telephonically, and it was through a website, you know, all the new technologies, you've evolved this business 20, over these 25 years, that it is so amazing how you are giving us the nuts and bolts on how do you do it at any age but by the way, when you do it at this part of life, it just, you better follow the path of what makes you happy because that's what you did.
2: Well, thank you. I, 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 you know, I will say, and I've always said, I, I've adjusted my little uh, line. <laughs> if I had to eat from my business, I, I'd be very thin. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you, I really believe, had somebody wanted to put more money into this, that this business really could have been double and triple what I do with it. Yes. I couldn't do it at this point of my life. But I think the potential, even now, is tremendous for this business because it's a niche. Yes. Um, And the growth has come from my customers. Yes. What they suggested to me, which I think,
1: again, I go back to listening and learning, which I've really done. So, Rita, I want to know because I've heard that the bears have stories, and these stories keep you going could you give us an example of what that's referring to? Of course, of course. Um, well, uh, let me say that
2: I want to make sure that you know that the business has grown from fur bears to really anything, from a woman who terribly lost her son in an automobile accident and asked me if I would make bears from her son's clothing. she lo- her son lost his life in an automobile accident. Mm-hmm. And she sent me clothing of his, shirts and ties and, and jackets, and we had never made fabric bears before. Hmm. And we said, sure, we can do it. And that's the time when I hired another sewer, and she was as gifted as can be, and we worked on a fabric pattern and made bears from, for her. Um, then, uh, you know, a woman who I'd made a, a, a bear from, uh, um, Persian lamb, asked me if I could make a bear from her husband's neckties. He was an Air Force pilot and lost his life in a plane crash. Wow! And I neckties and spoke to a sewer, and we said sure, and we created necktie bears. Um, one of the stories that I can tell you is about a gentleman who passed away, and his family lived in Pennsylvania, as it so happens. But he was an avid New York Yankee fan, and his at his funeral actually. Uh, his wife and family asked everybody if they had anything from New York Yankees to wear it, and he shirts, or insignias or hats or anything. And sure enough, she sent me quite a few shirts and New York Yankee paraphernalia, and we made five bears for her wow.
1: that she wanted
2: to present to her children for Christmas. And they get together. There were 33 of them that got together for Christmas, and after everybody had had their Presence exchange. She said, "I have a very special surprise," and she presented each of her five children one with one of the bears. Wow! That, uh, that was the immortalizing their dad with a New York Yankee bear. Oh,
0: and, uh, that and I and I will tell you, you and I became connected because you made a bear for my soon-to-be uh, grandson. And I will tell you, as of last night, your bear, because the arms and the legs moved. My daughter and her husband used it when they did their virtual, you know, what to expect when you have a new baby. And it was, so the bear was their baby when they took the class last night.
2: I love it. Then then there's another story, which I love this story, that um, a mother sent me a a red leather jacket. And the jacket belonged to her mother. So it was the grandmother of this girl. And this young girl was an actress, and her grandmother had always supported her through, the, from the time she was a young gal starting out, and she had passed away. And the mother sent me the jacket, and we made a red leather reminky bear. Oh. And on one of the next opening night, and of course her grandmother wasn't there, but her mother presented her with this beautiful bear. Every play now that she's in, the bear goes with her. Um, those I, are the kinds of stories yes. that I get because you're right. Every bear does have a story. Yeah. Uh, I'll just tell you one more. Well, <laughs> I could, but I'll tell you one more that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, this was about a soldier from World War II. He was in World War II, and he had played poker on his base. He was in Germany, and he won three hundred dollars and sent the money home to his wife with the instructions that she had to buy a fur coat. That's the least he could do while he was away fighting and she was home, and that would make her happy. And, of course, she did. Well, the couple sent me a picture of her wearing the coat. It was a fox jacket. And from that fox jacket that she sent me, we made a lovely fox bear. We also made a little slot in the back of the bear so that you could keep the picture that she she sent me a copy of the picture. So that picture went with the bear, and that fox bear brought so many memories to her and the love that they had as a couple. I love the picture. I love. Oh,
0: and I've got a picture I'm going to be sending you to. But first, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us about a a magazine article that just came out this month in, in Hadassah magazine. Tell us about that.
2: Well, it was very exciting that Hadassah did a story of of, of me with the bears, and it, I had coincidentally had one of my granddaughters visiting me at the time, and they took a picture of me and my granddaughter who's in college and the bear. And I have to tell you, I really never their circulation is about two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand. I never expected a long, a big response, and I'm an optimist, mm-hmm. but I. <laughs> You know, eight calls, it would be wonderful. Well, let me tell you, I've gotten more than that. And one of the women was so dear, she she sent me a beautiful fox coat and a mink jacket with a note that said, oh, my gosh, when I saw what to do with my fur coats, my mother's fur coats that were hanging downstairs, I was ecstatic. I went downstairs. Sure enough, there was this beautiful fox coat and a mink jacket, and they were dusty. Mm -hmm. There was dust but let me tell you the memories that they brought forth were just as new today as they were when i my mother was living so oh, those oh. are the kinds of stories that i get and of course uh, it's wonderful and uh, we're we're quite busy yes. now to be honest with you this is probably the best year that i'm going to have the pandemic as you mentioned uh, has brought me many customers because people were at home.
0: Yes, and mm-hmm.
2: I, in the beginning of the pandemic, I would get calls. Well, I'm staying at home. I guess I had to clean a closet, and guess what I found? Or in a chest in the attic. Oh my gosh, I found my mother's stole. It's been up in the attic, and I was cleaning because I had nothing better to do. Can we please get a bear made? You wow.
0: know, it, it's incredible. You know, you're 87 years old. Is that correct? You know, well. <laughs> Does it when I stand up, sometimes I
2: have to get on the floor. It <laughs> clicks then <laughs> to get up and down. But, yeah, I, I work slower. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I make mistakes.
0: Okay. You know,
2: I had to learn how to, to go to QuickBooks and work on a computer, though I do have a bookkeeper that comes in once a month and helps me along. But, you know, the learning curve, to learn anything, you're much slower when you're 87. You just mm-hmm. don't retain as much. I work by a lot of yellow notepads, let me tell you so, that. Sarita. I'm not ashamed of it either. Yeah, that's great.
1: <laughs> Sarita, do you have any plans to retire?
2: Well, I you know, I don't know. I I I think about it. I wish I had one of my grandkids or someone I knew that would take the business over. I I don't really, each year... I keep ordering things. I ordered just ordered <laughs> 250 labels for my bears. I love uh, so it. I guess I don't. As long as I feel good, and I do, I want to keep going. I, I get such gratification from this business, from the people that I talk to. And I'm blessed that I have my husband who's you know, not young. And he helps me. He goes to the post office. He said he's always been in the shipping room. I love (laughs) it. (laughs) That That is
0: so great. So do you have any uh, advice for women thinking about a career like this is the year of change and many are thinking about it, but is there something that is kind of holds out to your mind that you want to offer to women who may be 62 um, and thinking about what are the, what are they going to do next?
2: Well, I, I think the first thing I'd say is don't let age be a barrier.
0: In other I love words, it.
2: Respond to opportunities of, of what you, you're good at, a hobby, or if you're a knitter, or can you work something around that hobby? I mean, we all have life experiences, and they all don't have to be in the business world mm-hmm. to take you there. Uh, I, I recently... One of my grandchildren, actually, loves dogs, and he's starting a business dog walking and and caring for dogs and dog sitting. In other words, look inside yourself and feel your own strength and, and then be open to something that you can do.
1: You give me inspiration. What gives you hope for the future?
2: What can I hope for the future? I hope I can keep going and feel relatively well. You know, even if you have a hip replacement or a pacemaker put in, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, those are minor things, and as long as I can keep going, I want to keep going.
0: I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Rita Glosser is the owner and founder of Reminky Bears, Memory Bears, and you can find her online, and
1: all the information will be in our description below. I am Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater, and you're listening to Hey Boss Lady.